This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Could Aaron Ramsdale be sold to a direct rival? Meanwhile... Chelsea lose the League Cup final in the most embarrassing fashion possible. And yet another goal for an Arsenal striker that is starting to raise some rather important questions. This is the Arsenal News Show. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys and girls for another episode of what is the, uh, well, it's the Arsenal News Show. I've already, I've already told you that's what it is. Uh, it's what it is most mornings now, of course. And thank you so much, as always, for joining and tuning in. Uh, I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. Uh, this morning, uh, I decided to try on it's a new purchase. I can't show you because it's like their trousers, right? So... I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. Sticks his leg in the air. But it's the, uh, you may have seen me wearing the Arsenal jumper, which is like the blue jumper with the, the yellow Adidas accents. Now I've got the tracksuit bottoms as well. They're quite nice. The only issue I've got, right? So Adidas, if you're listening, they're a different material to the jumper. Now I could be wearing the jumper, but it's in the wash at the moment because I, I love that jumper and I wear it all the time. Um, but I thought I'll chuck those on. But it's a different, there's a different, feel i don't know what it is there's a different feel uh to it so i don't know why um that's decisions been made i thought i was buying like the normal tracksuit bottom feel but it's not it's they're still nice but why make why why would you not make them the same why i you know anyway but they're in the wash so i'm wearing the ray loviedo santa gazola shirt so for those that are asking tom why has tom not got a different football team shirt on that's why it's a santa gazola shirt all right so it's, it's still arsenal in my mind anyway thank you so much uh, yes amesy i'm not sitting here just in my boxer shorts no that would be very inappropriate but thank you so much everyone for tuning in and joining me very much appreciate your time as always do drop a like on the video help us to 1k every day yesterday we reached one and a half thousand likes um, on our reaction video. And thank you to those that tuned in. I was so tired in yesterday's show. I still went on for over an hour. That's just how passionate I was talking about 
the game against Newcastle. It was a brilliant fixture, a brilliant game, lots to talk about. And that's why we did talk about it in so much detail. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great day and a great game. And I'm glad we spent as much time as, as we did. But good morning to those that have joined us live. Uh, good morning to Rich, to Blackshine, to Valor, to Glenn, to Paul. Uh, good morning to Damien, Babatundi and Darren and Matt G and Martin. Sweater Merlo, Olawale, Amira, Matt G, Maximius, uh, Arasilki, Damien, Thierry, Dominic, Clincy, uh, Barry T, Shiv, Paul, Answer, uh, Stevie and Stephen and Paul and Brad and Rob and Plenty more of you guys and girls. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Bradley says he's tuning in live for the first time. Usually listens on Spotify. Fantastic. Isabel, morning. First time joining a live, but been listening on Apple Podcasts for the last few months. Thank you, Isabel. Um, welcome to the YouTube crew. Um, if you are listening on Catch Up or on audio platforms, hop over to YouTube. Make sure you give us a like. Make sure you support the challenge of getting 1K every single day right shall we get on with today's stories i think we should uh yesterday was the last of the weekend's premier league action there is a game tonight uh, between uh we've got west ham taking on brentford i believe and uh, last night or yesterday afternoon early in the afternoon we saw a sole goal from pablo sarabia uh elevate wolves into as high as eighth position in the league with a one nil win over sheffield united who are in well, they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, it's, it's probably fair to say they are in a lot of trouble right now. Sheffield United sitting bottom of the table. 13 points accumulated. They are eight points off 17th place Everton. That said, both Everton and Nottingham Forest, of course, still awaiting punishment uh, of their most recent charges of breaching, allegedly breaching, uh, profit and sustainability regulations. So ones to keep an eye out for. But Wolves and Gary O'Neill, I said... I remember saying when he took over at Wolves that it was a really solid appointment. He was incredibly hard done by when he was sacked at Bournemouth. Well, not even sacked, but kind of just not given the chance. I just think that uh, he's moved now Gary O'Neill into a position where he's been given so much trust. Wolves always had this kind of feeling that they wanted to go and grab like a a favourable coach. What I mean by that is somebody with kind of that that feel of experience because of Julian Lopetegui or as Nuno Espirito Santo or as someone else who uh, <laughs> slipped my mind. I'm sure there was somebody else in, in between those two as well that just wasn't able to do the business for Wolves. But uh, now what we've seen is, uh, is is an English manager coming in, Gary O'Neill, not loads of experience, young coach, and he's doing fantastic things with them. Brilliant, brilliant things with them. And you've got to give credit. He's probably my behind Arteta, my second favourite manager in the league. Uh, at the moment, he's doing an amazing job. And so congrats to him. They've got Newcastle away next. That's going to be a big, big test for them. Uh, it means the Premier League table, of course, West Ham still have to play. They would return to uh, eighth in the table if they were to beat Brentford. Brentford, meanwhile, down in 15th. They could really do with a win. They're only five points off uh, 18th placed Luton in the table at the moment as well. And Sheffield United have got Arsenal next, uh, of course, at the... Uh, What's the, what's the Sheffield United ground called? Why am I forgetting what it's called? That's awful. Someone remind me in the chat box. That's, oh, that's... Is it one of those classic names for like a stadium named by a road? I can't remember what it is. Um, someone will tell me in the chat. That's really bad. Anyway, moving forwards. And Chelsea, Bramall Lane. Thank you. Yes, I thought it was named after a road. Bramall Lane. Thank you. Is a lane a road? Should we put a poll into the chat box? <laughs> it's a lane of road. Probably not, to be fair. It's probably a little pathway more than a road, to be fair. Uh, anyway, uh, Chelsea lost uh, the League Cup final in the most embarrassing way possible. 
Gary Neville, who I rarely like to quote on the channel, um, came up with the tagline of the blue billion pound bottle jobs is what he described uh, Maurizio Pochettino's team as. Now, for me, one of the most embarrassing final defeats, sadly, for me, is an Arsenal one, is the Europa League final in 2019, which Unai Emery, for my money, embarrassed Arsenal with the performance that we were gifted uh, against Chelsea. And I'm so glad that finally there is a final in my memory that sticks in my mind, even as more embarrassing than that final defeat against Chelsea, ironically, in the Europa League. And to lose not only to a Liverpool team, which is missing so many players, no Nunez, no Trent, no Salah. Um, I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting as well. No Thiago. Um, I think they were missing a, another. A Matip's not there, of course. Allison's not there. That was missing so many players. Not only that, but bringing in some of the kids who, I'll be very honest, and I like to think that my footballing knowledge is pretty good. I've not heard of some of these players that came in. Dan's, I've not heard of him before. Very much Jota, not there, of course, either. Chelsea, meanwhile, Chelsea's team, which, of course, if you were to add up the uh, uh, how much they cost and how much that squad costs, uh, both the team that started and, of course, the bench as well. I mean, you've got Gusto, that's like 20 plus million. Disassi, that's like, I think, 30 million, maybe more. Colwell was like, was came through the academy, of course. Chilwell was like 50 million pounds. Moises Caicedo was like 115 million. Enzo Fernandez, 110 odd million quid. Sterling, several tens of millions. Gallagher, of course, came through the academy. Palmer, 40 something million quid. Nico Jackson, about 30, 30 million pounds. Mudrick on the bench came on, 80 odd million quid. Noni Madueke, another 30 odd million quid. Christopher and Kunku, over 50 to 60 million pounds. Incredible. And Chelsea and Liverpool, sorry, bring on Joe Gomez, who they signed, I don't think, for too much from Charlton back in the day. Uh, Constantino Simakas, again, signed for very little for Olympiacos. Bobby Clark, James McConnell, Jaden Dans, Quonsa. That's four academy graduates coming off the bench. They started with Harvey Elliott and Connor Bradley on the right-hand side as well. It is props to Jurgen Klopp, first of all, and we should give credit to Jurgen Klopp. Of all the managers around of our rivals and that, and I'm not a big fan of Liverpool at all, I, I can't stand some of the views of the supporters of Liverpool Football Club, and my editor is one. So uh, we get into a fair number of debates about Arsenal and Liverpool. But Jurgen Klopp is a very likeable person from my perspective, um, having briefly spoken with him as well. Like he is a an absolute gent the majority of the time i know that he rubs some people up the wrong way with some of his quotes i understand that for sure um but of the two teams and i don't i didn't want either to win you know i think i saw a fantastic tweet of someone holding up the bat the placard like i want both teams to lose um it's very much you go into the game you want both teams to lose it's not possible and if there is a team that i'd rather lose this game oh it is chelsea it is chelsea by a long long way and i think that for me from an Arsenal perspective, Chelsea stand as a what not to do, a what could have been in some ways, a what some fans wanted. Yes, they've got a cha two Champions League titles. They've got a number of Premier League titles that have come from spending silly amounts of money under Roman Abramovich previously with some very good coaches, of course, and, and they've won those trophies and they earned those trophies through the means in which they did that. However, 
They wanted to embark on a project under Todd Bowley. They wanted to invest very quickly and very intensely in a project under initially, of course, Graham Potter after they sacked Thomas Tuchel. And after that project wasn't given time, they wanted to invest into another project with Maurizio Pochettino. They have spent money not through planning, not through um, considered investment, not through the eyes of a manager that can really have a, a key hand in what players are signed. And you look at the, the difference between that project and what Arsenal have done, and how Arsenal have progressed, and yes, how Arsenal struggled. But the thing about Arsenal's struggle at the start of Mikel Arteta's reign is that you could see the building blocks. You could see what was being built initially to set us on a path to where we are now. Chelsea is fractured. There's no principles. There's no identity. There's constant infighting, which you still get at Arsenal, to be fair, to some degree, but a very small, tiny, very loud, but horrific minority. And But ultimately, that, I think, Chelsea project stands for me as the what could have been and what some fans, I think, ultimately, rather misguidedly, would have had at Arsenal. It is not about how much you spend. It is about how you spend it. And Arsenal, when you look at the comparison to Chelsea of what Arsenal have spent, and Arsenal, I tell you what, have completely illegitimised Chelsea's spending, not only by the players that Arsenal have brought in, but by the players that Arsenal have recently taken from Chelsea. Kai Havertz, the jury for, for sure, is still out on the whole. But there's no doubt in my mind that besides Cole Palmer and Conor Gallagher, Kai Havertz has had a better season than the majority of Chelsea's players. I mean, he's still scored plenty more than Gallagher, but Gallagher plays deeper, of course, and Palmer's been a very good signing for them, but one of very few good signings for them. He's been better than Christopher Nkunku. And I know Nkunku's been injured. I get that. But even upon his return, has not looked particularly great. But he does deserve time. For me, I think he's been better than Raheem Sterling this season. Kai Havertz. I think he's been better than Noni Madueke. I think he's better than Mihailo Mudrik, without a doubt. I think he's better than Nicholas Jackson, without a doubt. And then Jorginho. I mean, goodness me, that that Chelsea midfield of Moises Caicedo and, and Enzo Fernandez, they lack a Jorginho. They are so awful without that experience, without that leadership. And the fact that they replaced their whole midfield for three young players, Gallagher standing out amongst them and letting Jorginho leave to a team that needed a Jorginho in Arsenal. Uh, has looked horrific. And Maurizio Pochettino, I think he's a good coach that is just being, that's been dropped into an absolute chasm of pain and torture in footballing terms and was never, ever going to succeed. Um, but there is something quite spursy about him, which I think is coming through as there is at Bayern Munich with, with Harry Kane as well. Anyway, moving from kind of one end of the spectrum to the other, I just want to share this photo with you. If you're listening on audio platforms, you might want to hop over to YouTube and Fast forward to 13 minutes and 40 seconds in. Um, this picture came up in my timeline yesterday of Mikel Arteta celebrating after the Newcastle game. They did a few of these photos of players and, and the manager walking down the tunnel. I love this picture. This picture for me is like, because Mikel Arteta is such like a, um, you look at, you think of him, he's like, he's, he's a no-nonsense guy. He's cold sometimes. He's like, sometimes it's like getting blood from a stone when you're questioning him. and um, He's such a cold person at times to have a conversation with. But when the game's on and when he's managing and probably within those inner circles, he's completely different. 
And I think that when it comes to um, when, it, when it comes to this, this emotion from from Arteta, he's it's just yeah, I love this from Mikey. Freedom and joy. It's like all of the, the facade, the professional facade in some ways. Not facade. That's probably the wrong word. The, the professional shell that he sometimes adorns is just re- removed by his happiness there. And it's not news. I just wanted to share that photo because I think it's absolutely fantastic. I love it. And I had to share it with those that hadn't yet seen it. Now, the couple's um, last story, actually, I think, to discuss before we go to part... No, sorry, two two stories we've got to discuss before we go to your questions in part two for a slightly extended part one, actually. I spent a lot of time on that Chelsea result and I wanted to. Uh, Mika Bira scored yet again uh, for Sturmgratz, which has taken Italy, I think, up to four, including a goal in a friendly game. Sturmgratz winning against WSG Tulol uh, in Austrian's uh, Bundesliga. Uh, they're currently second in the table behind uh, Red Bull Salzburg just by two points. Salzburg they drew against and, and he actually played in that game a couple of weeks ago. And of course he scored in the UEFA Conference League game um, in mid... I think it's in Bre- uh, Slavia, Bratislava, I think was who the team they played. Um, but he's been very, very good um, since joining them. He's been very, very impressive um Slovan Bratislava it was indeed that he scored against and uh, he just can't stop scoring now I think there's a question that if he continues upon this form that he will return in the summer and I think needs to be looked at being used in some friendly games and just given that opportunity you know I the, the striker market is is you know is what it is at the moment it's not great and I don't think there's necessarily a clear and I said this during the live event I said in the summer of 2023 we knew the centre midfielder we wanted was Declan Rice it was always Declan Rice it always looked to be Declan Rice and we were willing to spend 100 million on Declan Rice this summer we want a centre forward but there is not that Declan Rice-esque obvious candidate that we want to go for in the summer and so I always said that I think that there are other positions that we need to strengthen in. And I think there are more obvious candidates like a Pedro Neto or Nico Williams for the midfield positions, like a Martin Zubamendi for the midfield defensive midfielder position um, and a Yorval Hato player type type person, maybe in the defense. And I think that because there's more obvious candidates there, just just if it continues and we're going to, you know, we're going to continue to to monitor this. And I'm not saying that Mika Birith is going to make it at Arsenal yet. I've been very cautious of saying that. Um, but it's going very well in a, in a decent league, an Austrian league for a lot of people, you know, they don't particularly rate it, but for Sturmgratz in the Austrian league, what he's doing is very good. Salzburg dominate things, have always dominated things, and they are keeping on the coattails of, of Salzburg. And uh, I'll be intrigued to see if he gets an international call up for Denmark at senior level. I'll be very interested to see if he can do that because it'd be great to see. Uh, and I personally think that Mekambireth is is becoming a really really key player for them and you know the who who wants to rule it out who wants to rule out the potential of Mika Bireth getting an opportunity at a senior level I don't want to rule it out entirely I think it's very very unlikely but I don't want to rule it out and we will keep you updated with how Mika Bireth is getting on in fact I might be doing a dedicated piece on him for FL in the coming week or two uh, our last piece does actually return to Chelsea just before we go to part two. And that is according to Fabrizio Romano that Chelsea are said to be keen on potentially signing Aaron Ramsdale. And there's suggestions that he might be open to it, which don't surprise me. It's always not playing for Arsenal. He wants to stay at a really a, a good level. Now, I'm not sure if Chelsea are going to be of a good level, but I'm sure that he would back himself to continue starting for them. I don't think it's a smart one for, for Aaron to, to, to make. I, I just don't think Chelsea are a club where players should be looking at as a smart place to go to. Um, I'd only be open to the sale from a selfish Arsenal perspective if they paid a very high fee. 
for Aaron Ramsdale. They would need to pay for me upwards of fifty million pounds to get hold of Aaron Ramsdale. Um, other clubs might play pay have to pay forty, but for me. Chelsea would have to pay fifty million pounds at least to get their hands on Aaron Ramsdale, and I'd rather he moved to a different team. I think Bayern Munich are a side that you should probably keep your eyes close to uh, with Aaron Ramsdale as well. Um, but there are yes a number of teams I think that I'd rather see Aaron Ramsdale move to compared to uh, compared to uh, to Chelsea. So that's the one. But they're said to be suggestions that he would be open to a move to a top club, and and that's certainly the feel that we've we've had from from him i reported back at the end of last year that there'd been suggestions that a move to a team further down the premier league table had already been uh, rejected um so yeah let's see what happens with ramsdale in the summer arsenal though you know as they're maintained to be still keen on, on keeping him but i don't think that is realistic but time seems to be running out for Aaron ramsdale at arsenal okay let's go to part two and your questions right after this and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, we'll be jumping into the chat box very shortly. I'm just checking if there's nothing that's dropped or broken whilst we were live. Because sometimes on a Monday morning, what you happen is that sometimes things happen. Um, so yeah, I was just checking and it doesn't look like it at the moment. So no, there you go. Nothing's changed. Okay, let's jump into the chat. Um, Paul says, if Ramsdale is open to moving to a top club, why is he considering Chelsea? It's a very, very fair question. Uh, Daniel says, I hope Ramsdale goes abroad, but I can't see it. I think his partner recently gave birth to their first child, so he is probably keen to stay in England to be near family. Uh, they did indeed. And um, yes, I've actually seen the little one as he's uh, rolled the stroller through the uh, the mix zone at times. Um, so yeah, big congratulations to the Ramsdales once again. Uh, Matt G says, is Erdegaard playing a new role or has he just improved as a player? Um, I think that Erdegaard for me is, is definitely improved in a new role. So it's actually, Matt, I think a little bit of both. I think that last season, of course, his goal scoring record was unbelievable. I mean, he equaled the record, as we know, for the highest number of goals scored by a Premier League uh, player from uh, a Premier League midfielder from open play with 15 matching Kevin De Bruyne's record. Um, and he has been just so important to what we've done. But he is playing slightly deeper um, he is playing slightly further in uh, into the midfield as we've been using the likes of Havertz or Trossard or other players in that midfield position. 
and that has obviously changed things for us. He played back more of his his more advanced role when he played against Newcastle because Declan Rice, of course, was playing in midfield instead of Kai Havertz, and that changed things. But I think he just is continuing to improve as a player. But he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Pablo says, what's your thoughts on my local club's logo, San Antonio FC? We have a lot of gooners here. Uh, San Antonio FC. I'm scared now. What is the logo uh, going to be? <laughs> um, oh, it's actually quite... Yeah, it's very nice. Black badge with the kind of the... looks like a classic cartoon bang uh, thing on the right-hand side, if you like. Um, with the, the red, silver, and, and white stripes. Quite like that. It's very nice. I do like it. Um, is there some kind of untold story behind that that's, that's dodgy. I don't know why someone would ask me, Pablo. Uh, John says, is Okonkwo ready to be the number two or is his style not conductive to our style anymore? Now, he's currently playing in League Two with Wrexham. He's, to my understanding, there is no plans from the Arsenal side of things to renew his contract. Uh, it runs out at the end of this season that he will be leaving on a free. Um, so there you go. Pablo says, it's a boot spur. Oh, yes. The things that are on the end of the the cowboy boots, that's what it is. It does look like a cartoon, like, explosion type thing, doesn't it? Uh, but yes, now you say that, I know exactly what it is. Uh, Henkeho says, uh, with the limitations at Barca this summer in terms of spending, how much are you willing to pay for a player like Frankie de Jong? Uh, you could go hardball on them because they need the money. I think that Frankie de Jong, I mean, let's have a quick look at his, his profile, shall we? Because that sometimes helps us to understand what we can expect from a player like like Frankie de Jong. He is 26 years of age, which is a fantastic age and usually an age bracket in which you're going to get a very high fee. Um, his contract situation is it runs out in 2026. So he's still got two years left on his current deal. His injury record, quick check on that, isn't the best. Uh, in 23-24, he missed 11 games, one because of an ankle injury. In 22-23, he missed nine games. In 21-22, he missed uh, five games. That's not too bad. Muscle injury in 2021, missed seven games. And, of course, he had that uh, ligament tear in 2017-18, missed 13 games in the summer uh, because and 126 days with Ajax as well. And he had a hairline fracture in his fibula as well in the 2017-18 season. Oh, it's the same injury. Okay. So um, both of those things, unless it was a correction. But... Uh, his injury record's not too bad, to be fair. I don't think it's anything to write home about or to dissuade somebody from from taking him. I think he'd be an excellent piece of business um, for Arsenal to 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 acquire. In Frankie De Jong, had great experience. I think he's a fantastic, gifted, technical player. I think that he could suit the midfield role as well. But then you've got a decision, I think, with other positions. Like if you sign Frankie De Jong, you're not. Are we going to sign another DM? Because then you'd have Rice and you'd have Partey maybe still here unless he goes. You'd still have, unless Jorginho goes. If Jorginho and Partey go and you replace them with Zubamendi and De Jong, it's probably pretty good. You know, it's a really good, I think, replacement of those two, to be fair. So it's not too bad. And I think that certainly that is very, very interesting in terms of a profile. But there'll be a lot of competition if he is to leave Barcelona in the summer. How much was the question? I still think upwards of 60 million is what people are going to have to pay to get Frankie De Jong, maybe more. Uh, John says, Tom, aside from injury, why wasn't Tierney's inability to play inverted compensated for like how Kivior has been accommodated? Is that Mikel learning to be more flexible? I think that it is, John. I actually said about this in an article I wrote about Ben White's positioning and what it would have meant for Tierney. Um, that said, I still think that maybe Kivior 
suits the centre-half at fullback type player that Arteta clearly likes. Kivior's been great. Let's just be honest. Like, There's been so many people that wanted to put Kivior down or put the club down for the way in which they've, they've talked about Jakub Kivior. I think Jakub Kivior has been fantastic. I think he's been fantastic. So, yeah, I can't be, and I'm not at all, uh, disappointed by what's happened or by Tierney not being moved in. But I think there's a, a question there, John, and I think you're absolutely fair to ask that. Um, let's go to David, who says, uh, there wants to be many clubs paying what we wanted for for Ramsdale. I'm doubtful if Bayern have that sort of money. Don't be doubtful. They they certainly do, mate. Uh, Thierry says, uh, if we get an Ozerman, I really would love to keep Jesus as a competitor for the other wide positions uh, since he's so versatile and has played there before. Is it something you think Arteta would be thinking? Yes, I do. I think that Jesus could provide plenty of depth in those wide areas as well. Uh, Derek uh, Wainford says, just found your channel yesterday and I'm loving the content. Been a gooner since 1978. So sin the goods and the bad. And this team is as entertaining as the Invincibles. Well, there you go. From a very experienced Arsenal fan there and Derek saying there's definitely comparisons uh, in entertainment value, at least, between this team and and the Invincibles. And Derek, welcome, first of all, to the channel. It's great, isn't it? We've been doing this channel since 2016 and still getting messages of of people finding it for the first time, um, which is is wonderful. I love it. Uh, It's funny. I went into... um, I don't think they'll mind me saying this. I went into the Arsenal when I was in the media lounge... um, and went up to collect my program as I do. And the uh, the woman behind the desk said that she enjoyed the channel. So if you're watching, hello. <laughs> but that was a quite a nice moment. So yeah, uh, it's great to see um, and, and hear when people enjoy the, the work on the channel. Uh, Nathan says, honestly, I don't like Chelsea. But the fact that Liverpool could now have more than one trophy at the end of the season infuriates me. Um, yeah, we didn't have much choice. Would you rather... We finished like the season and, you know, we've only got the Champions League and the Premier League left. And the reality is that we're not favourites for either of those two. Um, And we end the season with less trophies than Chelsea. I wouldn't swap it with Chelsea, but I would not like that conversation. (laughs) I really wouldn't like that conversation. We had that conversation with Manchester United last season and I wouldn't have swapped my season with theirs. Um, So, yeah, I really would have rather Liverpool won that 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 trophy you know it's Jurgen Klopp he's he's a serial winner with them he wins plenty of trophies with them and and that's what Arsenal as we talked about at the end of yesterday's show need to be aspiring to to emulate um under Arteta uh, Daniel says so happy to see Jakub Kivior score on Saturday because we know he's a baller and he's proving it this month uh, Maximius says um oh I lost the question there it is Tom if you had to pick any negatives from our match against Newcastle what would it be Room for improvement. Uh, well, I always, after every single game, um, uh, one of the tasks post-match for the Morning Lions on London is I have to write the what we used to call winners and losers. We now call it successes and frustrations. Um, so losers, when you've won like 6-0, having three losers is not like that easy. And it's I don't think it's the best way to put it. So I've rebranded winners and losers to successes and frustrations and i think that's it so my frustrations i'll tell you what they are you can read them in detail on the football.london website i'll leave a link to that um that piece in the uh in the chat box for you if you'd like to read it if my youtube will load but yes every single game my morning job is to write three what used to be winners and losers now is uh is successes and frustrations but here they are um my successes were kai havertz scores again stepping up and that's about Jorginho. 
and Mentality Monsters, which is about the uh, misconceptions that was kind of spoken about on Wednesday about Arsenal lacking the mentality to, to win in Porto. I think that it's been way overblown for me personally, the whole mentality question. And I think they showed that by how they responded uh, against Newcastle uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, the frustrations for me was there's always one, which talks about how, I don't know what it is, but somehow Arsenal, I watched Bournemouth against Man City before that game. And I watched Bournemouth pepper and pepper and pepper the Man City box and never come close by that Enes Unal's header to scoring. And yet somehow Arsenal play teams, they'll get one good opportunity and they'll score. And I don't get it. I, I, it's so frustrating and it happens a lot that teams we play against that might beat us, like the West Ham home game, for instance, they'll get one or two chances and they score. And whenever we have a big opportunity against us, at the moment, they seem to go in, and not even big opportunities sometimes, like the Porto game was a goal out of nothing, as another example. And I know they missed that Galeno opportunity earlier in the game, but it, it that that's a frustration for me at the moment, is that we always seem to just concede these silly one-off goals out of nothing, and somehow it happens more often than I think it should. The other frustration was, what Monday, as in... We've got to wait all the way till a week today to play our next game. And I think that maybe there's something about, you know, the momentum and it would have been great to go into another game very soon on Saturday or even in midweek. And we've got to wait all the way through till Monday. But we are, of course, going to be playing last once again. There's going to be FA Cup fixtures this week as well, taking up more of the energy of, of certain hopefully tight arrivals of ours. Um, and then the last one was, I wish it meant more which is about how both Liverpool and Manchester City won their games. And of course, this game and this win was really only just to keep pace with the title challenger. So I wish there was more to come from that. If you want to read that in more detail, but in terms of improvement, obviously we still look at sometimes at finishing. There was chances in that game. Havertz, of course, had a big one. Um, there were other opportunities we had. It's still, I think, a little bit on finishing, even though we scored 25 goals in six games. I think we can score more, which is crazy. I think we can score more, you know, and I think that's the excitement about this. The excitement about this team is that I think they're still actually better to come. And that's scary if you're someone else. Really, really is scary. So I look forward to to that. Uh, Trevor says, if people had seen Kivior in the World Cup, they would have had a different option uh, over clubs were interested in him after those performances. I think that's a very fair point, Trevor. Uh, Oki says, uh, we get too comfortable in possession and lose focus defensively. It's happened numerous times. Uh, Tom, you're spot on about those that the goal point that I raised. Um, John says, who is your shortlist for the manager uh, for the manager after Arteta? I'm thinking three or five years down the line. I don't know, mate. Honestly, you'd have to ask me then. It's impossible to know who's going to be, who's going to have the highest stock at that point. I mean, Xavi Alonso is going very well, but you know, who knows what it's going to be in three to five years' time. Uh, Ajmal says, how many goals and assists do you think Saka could end up with come the end of the season? That's a great question. I mean, what would basically two-thirds of the way through the season at this point, and he's got something like, how many is it in total? Is it 18 goals? No, I don't want to have an advert for car insurance. Can I just click on the thank you? Um, 13 goals in the Premier League, eight assists. Um, that's not right. <laughs> on Transomart, for some reason, it's saying he's played 68 games, got 32 goals and 26 assists. That is definitely not right. I don't know what's happened to the Transomart website. He's got 16 goals and 13 assists this season. So I would challenge him to try and get above 20 in both. That would be my challenge. I, th I think I said that. 
at the start of the season. I think I said something like he needs to break 20 and 20. I'm sure I said something along those lines in the summer that I wanted to see Saka break 20 and 20. So, yeah, I think that should be the 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 aim. 20 and 20. He needs four more goals and he needs seven more assists. And I think that's really possible, actually. I don't, I don't think that's crazy at all to get uh, four more goals and, and seven more assists between now and the end of the season. I think that's excellent as a target. Anasimo says, hey, Tom, update on the likelihood of the centre forwards we're linked with so that we could possibly sign. Like, who is the most likely now and what percentage chance would you give each one of happening? Yes, I will consult my crystal ball of striker transfer percentages. Um, I mean, the likelihood of Tony, I think, has dropped. I've said that. I said that a couple of weeks ago. And then a few days after I said that, Team News and Ticks, they're very well connected, Team News and Ticks, um, also tweeted saying that they think that things had changed in the Tony thing. So I was quite happy that um, what certainly I was made aware of, uh, it seems to be also corroborated by other well-connected people and that the Tony thing, I think, has dropped. So I'd give that probably in the 20 and below percentages, um, if that. Aussie men, again, I, I don't see Arsenal paying the buyout clause for Ozzyman. I don't did anyone see his miss at the weekends? The the double post hit it was quite incredible. Um I saw a video going around, I think that was from last weekend or this weekend just gone. Uh I'd give that like a 10% if that. Other strikers that we're linked to, Guercarez not really been linked with him too much, so less than five percent. There's not too many that I'd say that you know we are really looking at signing right now. As I've said to people, ask me in the summer, I think the club will uh I think the club will be looking at that. Um, I think the club will be uh, monitoring lots of different players in different positions. They might not even be looking at a centre forward because we're scoring a lot of goals. So yeah, I don't think I don't think the desperation for a striker, considering the market right now, is as 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 grave as it was six months ago. I think that's probably a fair way to put it. But I would like us to see us upgrade on on Enketia. Um I would like to see us do that, but it doesn't mean that we will. I'd like us to bring in a, another wide player. I'd like us to bring in another midfielder or two, depending on what happens with the existing players. And I'd like us to bring in another midfielder. The club are going to sign players in the summer. That It is going to happen. We are going to strengthen. And the plan is to do that. So I'm excited to see and cover this summer and how it goes. Uh, Oki says, with Klopp leaving, there is potential for some players to want to leave as well. Is there an opportunity to pinch a current Liverpool player and who would you take? I wouldn't mind getting Endo. No, I don't think that's smart, really. His age profile is not great. He's, if not already, 30. And he's signed a, a, a multi-year contract with Liverpool. So I don't think that would happen. Uh, he's a good player, though. Um, Klopp leaving, how much will that impact players leaving? I don't think it's going to impact too much. I don't think that it's it's going to be opening the doors for anyone to move to Arsenal. To be honest, I'd be very surprised if that was the case. Very surprised indeed. We don't tend to do business with Liverpool. They don't tend to do business with us. So it's very rare that we do business between each other. You know, you look at the record that Arsenal and Chelsea have got of doing bit deals, but Arsenal and Liverpool and Manchester United rarely do business with one another. It's very rare indeed. There's kind of an off-field rivalry in the market, even between those clubs. Uh, Anasimo says, I agree, it's hard to make the right call now regarding who could come in after Arteta. Uh, it's why I'm excited to see it and why I asked. I'm glad to see your crystal ball is logical as always and doesn't all actually function in telling the future. No, it's impossible to tell the future, um, but we can sometimes make some some decent, what's the word, educated guesses. 
uh, about what might happen. If you haven't already dropped uh, a press on that like button, people, by the way, please do. I, I forgot to mention it again in the second part, the start of the second half of the show. So there's over 900 of you watching, which for a Monday morning is incredibly humbling. Thank you. Um, so please do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you are new as we try to reach our target by the end of the year of... Uh, of the Emirates Stadium capacity, um, which is a hell of a target of trying to hit 60,000. But uh, who knows? We will wait and see. Uh, Pablo says, me and my little brother are bitter rivals. He's a Liverpool fan, and we're so excited to see them come to the States and play together against each other. I hope that it's another six-goal thriller. It's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, Martin says, Salah could well move in the summer. One year left on his deal. Not for us, but probably Saudi. Um, Yeah. I think that that is certainly something that we could uh, see happen in the summer. Is Salah moving on maybe to, as you say, Saudi Arabia and getting Liverpool a lot of money? I think if Liverpool are offered like 200 million, they should absolutely take it because that is just an amount of money with Salah with one year left on his deal. Is 200 million or one year of Salah worth it? I think Spurs made the right choice in in the end of of probably selling Harry Kane. I say that. Do I think that? No, I don't, actually. I, I'm not going to change my mind on that yet. I don't think Spurs made the right choice in selling Harry Kane. I think that Spurs, the best chance they ever had of winning a trophy was by Harry Kane staying, even for his last season. And yes, they might not have been able to sign Dragusin and Werner. And, I mean, have they really spent that money that wisely? Have they? I don't, I don't know. I think that they had a doji coming in. I think they had James Madison coming in anyway. Imagine Madison serving Kane. You know, I, th- I think they might have done far better this season, even if it was just for one season. So actually, no, I'm not. I'm not changing my mind yet on the Kane thing. I think that they were wrong to sell him. Uh, Derek says, "Tom, did you see the Edu interview?" Also, Tony was in a box, um, and our Sheffield United about to face a full squad. Interesting that Tony was in a box. I mean, uh, he used to play for Newcastle. So there's links there. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons why. <laughs> Obviously, he's been twerking for a move for a long time. Is that the phrase the kids use these days? <laughs> twerking for a move? I think I've seen people use that phrase. Um, but when it comes to to Tony to Arsenal, I don't think so. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's a thing. I, I just, I, I, it's really quietened down recently on the Tony thing, even though he was there. And the, on the other thing, that the Edu... The Edu interview, I thought was very good. I thought it was very interesting, um, especially when he talked about the the potential to sign a centre forward. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think that Arsenal necessarily at the moment, at least, are going to be signing a hundred million pound striker. But who knows? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just don't think the options are out there. I'd sign Goya Carres personally at this moment in time, but I don't see him as a as a clear link right now. Uh, Sir Nicholas says, I already told everyone Arteta will leave in twenty. 20- 45 after he's won the league over a dozen times. Come on, guys. Uh, I've seen the future. Don't doubt me. Another Arsene Wenger-esque length era at Arsenal, maybe, we're expecting if uh, St. Nicholas is right. Mikey says, well, now you're using it, Tom. That phrase seems I am. Rob says, rewatch the Newcastle game. What do you think of Benny Blanco and Declan Rice being in centre-four positions for two non-set-piece goals? I can't imagine Zinni getting into the box. That's not Zinni's style. He likes to hang around the outside of the box, to be fair. Um, ben White does get inside the box sometimes. And, and Declan Rice, of course, that strike he had, that was comfortably saved in the end um, by by Carrius. 
I think I think Rice enjoys playing that role. You know, I think he really enjoys getting further up the field. I think he enjoys getting into those positions. I think that he enjoys being a player that can influence the game in the final third. He didn't want to celebrate his goal against West Ham, but my goodness me, I know that he would have enjoyed that strike hitting the back of the net. Uh, Daniel says, who do you think drops points first between the top three? Well, I think Liverpool and Man City because they play each other in, uh, in I think, two, three game... No, two game weeks time. Um, they play each other on the t- 10th. Is it the 10th of March? Yes, 10th of March they play each other. We play um, Brentford at home that weekend on the day before. Arsenal could be top of the league on the 10th of March. I mean, just let me check the table. Check that's 100% right. So Liverpool play Forest away next, which is not an easy game, as we all well know. Uh, Not an easy game. Manchester City play Manchester United, which is an easy game. Um, <laughs> next week, and we are away at uh, Sheffield United. If all three of those teams win those games, so if they all win those games, and let's say the goal difference doesn't really change because Arsenal are currently one goal difference ahead of of Liverpool. If Liverpool and Man City draw their game, and it was to end one one two two nil nil whatever, if they draw their game playing each other, I don't think they will. I think Man City will win. Um, personally, and then Arsenal beat Brentford and they both draw. We are top at that point. And that's an exciting reality. But we have to win against Sheffield United first and then we have to beat Brentford. Win our next two games and we will be above one of the other two uh, come the end of that week. That is the reality that we're in right now is that if we win our next two games, we will be at least second come the end of the next weekend uh, after Sheffield United. So that's that's the prize if Arsenal win the next two games. They will be at least certainly second um, for the end of that weekend, uh, ahead of going into the Porto game, which would be nice, wouldn't it? Great to build that momentum going into those games. Uh, Vidal says, uh, Tom, who do you think will replace Partey? I think Zubamendi looks like the most likely candidate at the moment, but things can change. Uh, Bakary Lozani says, Tom, I'm down with the kids, Canton. It's <laughs> the new name. Daniels, oh, we've done that one already. Aaron says, do you think um, RB are now in, uh, uh, RB now inverting? Is that meant to be Ben White now inverting? Oh, right back. Oh, my goodness me. How how detached am I? Uh, the right back now inverting means we'll try to sign another uh, right back uh, for Ben White, even though he's doing a good job. No, because I think we have Yuri and Timber, Aaron. Um, and I think Yuri and Timber will be absolutely glorious in that inverted right-back role. I think he'll be fantastic at that. So, no, I don't think we'll try and sign another right-back. We might sign another right-sided defender that's a centre-back, but I don't think we'll sign another right-back. I could be wrong, but I think Timber and White and Tomiyasu is is plenty of depth once Tim Tomiyasu and Timber obviously are back fit. But there you go. Anyway, we're going to end the show there. I've been going for nearly 45 minutes. Went for over an hour yesterday, so uh, I've, got, I've got to have some rain on the shows um but thank you so much guys for tuning in uh, i hope you have a fantastic week and uh, and everything in the world goes your way and uh yeah i'll be rejoining you tomorrow we'll obviously have some probably evening shows for you this week i might do a phone-in show this week or the last one i know we did it on tickets and atmosphere and that wasn't particularly exciting and not many people rang in for that but we'll do something more maybe on maybe we'll do a kai havertz something on kai Get your thoughts on what we should do as a phone-in topic. Um, uh, maybe we'll do something on that. Maybe like, maybe we could do an, a, an apology one. 
<laughs> I apologize for being so abusive towards Kai Havertz. Someone could ring in and maybe, maybe say that. <laughs> that could be quite funny. Uh, I doubt people would phone in. People don't really like saying when they've got something wrong. Um, but thank you so much, guys and girls, for tuning in. Have a fantastic Monday and start to your weeks. I really appreciate your listenership. And, uh, and welcome to all those that are new to the channel. It's great to see some new faces in there. And if you're listening on Catch Up on audio platforms as well, you are also appreciated. Do hop over to YouTube and support us with a like to our 1K every day target um see you soon stay safe stay well stay happy and respectful and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.